Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, on, on a Bucks off day. I'm actually feeling pretty fresh. There was no media availability today, which I know has caused a, a little bit of angst amongst the listeners and Bucks fans as we continue to wait for Giannis and Giannis saga continues. But I thought it was just a fantastic opportunity to get uh, my co-host on for today. Uh, sadly, I have to say former Milwaukee Journal Sentinel beat reporter for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, but he's been on this show many times before, and pretty much anyone listening to this podcast has followed his work for uh, the last, uh, I think, seven years total with the Journal Sentinel, but it is Matt Velasquez. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Happy to be talking to you. Yeah, I, this is by popular demand, by the way. Uh, you saw it. I know people were tagging you in it. They said, listen, he's not working for the Journal Sentinel anymore. He's obviously got some free time. And maybe now, uh, not reporting, you don't have any ties to the team, maybe you'll just be able to uh, unleash all those hot takes you've been holding in for the last few years. Oh, man. I, I don't know <laughs> how many hot takes I have, but I, I feel like if you ask the right questions, you'll get some hot take answers. All right, let's get into it. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So this is the first point I want to get to, and, and we'll talk about you covering the Bucks um, towards the back end of this show, but uh, listen, you've only been out of the mix for a few days here, so I feel pretty confident uh, that we can talk about the, the Bucks off-season here. Again, everyone is waiting for the news with Giannis, but as the off-season rolled on and the Bucks made their additions and perhaps uh, had their messy situation that everyone wants to talk about with Bogdanovich, is there any, any particular move that you thought was under the radar or, or a move that you liked? Because obviously Drew Holiday is the, the marquee acquisition for this team. And then there was a bunch of names that were on lengthy lists that I, I know me and you both tweeted out that these were guys the Bucks could potentially sign. But the, was there any one of those uh, free agent signings that you liked in particular? You know, I think if I had to pick one, um, I think I would go with Torrey Craig. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think when that signing happened, um, or at least when, when the Nuggets pulled their qualifying offer and made him a free agent, um, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about how, like, oh, man, like, there, there might be a run on this guy. He, he could get a lot of interest. Like, you know, a lot of, like, the kind of deeper-in-the-weeds, geekier NBA folks, those were the people tweeting about Torrey Craig, right? Like, you're not tweeting about Torrey Craig um, if you're just a, you know, I think your average NBA fan, I think it's, it's the kind of guys who are, who are really far in there. And I was seeing that, I was like, man, like Torrey Craig, he doesn't fit in terms of the shooting and the offense for the Bucks. Um, but man, his defense is incredible. And, and having somebody who, who can do that, like, you know, that might be interesting, but I, I kind of just dismissed it a little bit, um, at the beginning. Cause I was like, well, I don't know if he'll take a minimum right? Like that guy, he's played in some like big playoff series, big playoff games, defended some of the best players in the league. Like not to say he's the greatest player in the world, but like that's a valuable guy. 
Um, and, and I could see how he might find opportunities on the open market to go, for, go somewhere for more than the minimum. And so when the Bucks were able to get him, you know, for, for the minimum, uh, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's, that's a pretty, like, solid, under-the-radar move that, you know, maybe he, you know, can, can help them in certain playoff series, certain matchups where, yes, it's hard to play him and Giannis at the same time because you have two pretty much non-shooters on the court. Um, but if the other team can't score either, um, then, then you might be able to do something. If you might be able to give Chris Middleton a break and, you know, or give, you know, whoever it is who's guarding the opposing team's best wing that night, give them a break and, and let Tory Craig take over, uh, that job. I think that's, that's a pretty, a pretty valuable piece. And so, you know, it, it, like I said, it's possible he may not be able to play in certain lineups and, um, you know, there's going to be ha- some time where the Bucks have to figure out how to best deploy him. Um, but in terms of like, you know, low key under the radar signings that could be of, you know, significant upside or, you know, definitely some upside. I think Tory Craig is there. Yeah. I think that this was, uh, at, like, as you sort of pointed to an under the radar signing, another guy that we were all sort of discussing and, and looking at, and probably a low key acquisition was Jamichael Green, who ended up going, uh, to uh, the Nuggets, and uh, but he obviously plays a little bit. He's more of a traditional four. Will play at the five, but same same type of thing. An underrated defensive player, but he got paid a little bit more. So I also was a little bit shocked that Tory Craig got to the Bucks on the minimum. But the, I think the reason why I like it is we were discussing the loss of Wesley Matthews, and clearly that is a big deal for the Bucks defensively after what he was able to do last season. But now you have Torrey Craig in there and you add, obviously, Drew Holiday who can defend really one through four. We saw the Bucks have just tweeted out a clip of uh, Drew defending Giannis in the post. And I, I think Giannis, it's kind of hard to tell from the clip, but it looks like he ended up uh, knocking down a turnaround jumper. But the one thing you took from that video is Drew Holiday is just so damn strong. And he was able to uh, plant his feet, get down low, and absorb the hits from a guy like Giannis, which is just ridiculous when you consider the fact that Drew is going to be probably the starting point guard and play at the guard position for the Bucks. So I think when you look at the other guys they added in Bryn Forbes, DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, question marks over the defense, that's why I think I like... The, the signing of Tory Craig the most because as you pointed to you're not going to be able to play him in all lineups but it's nice to have that true defensive specialist that you added because you essentially lost one in Wesley Matthews yeah and it, you look at the the way that the, ro- the roster is set up like and you mentioned Drew Holiday being able to guard one through four he doesn't need to guard opposing point guards uh, yeah. necessarily you know no matter who the Bucks decide to put next to him whether it's Dante DiVincenzo or Bryn Forbes or even DJ Augustine going smaller or even you know, playing Torrey Craig and putting together just a ridiculous defensive lineup of Holiday, uh, Middleton, Craig, Giannis, and, and Brooke Lopez. Uh, no matter what you do there, Drew can guard the two if, if you want him to. And you can kind of put somebody else on the opposing team's point guard. Um, and, and maybe that might be a more valuable thing um, you know, obviously it's a little bit more taxing for, for Drew to have to guard maybe a, a bigger wing or somebody uh, who might have the ball in their hands more. Um, but I think he relishes that, that opportunity. Um, if you're looking at a situation like the Heat, right? Because um, everybody wants to compare the Bucks to the Heat at this point. Like, could Drew Holiday defend Jimmy Butler? I think he could. Um, maybe not in every situation. Not, maybe not, you know, at all times. Uh, but I think he could, and then you could take whoever's playing alongside him, whether it's you know a, a point guard or a wing, and, and they can guard you know 
somebody who like uh, like Kendrick Nunn or, or whoever else who might be playing point guard for the Heat at that time. So there is some positional flexibility there, um, de- depending on how the Bucks want to do things. Yeah, it was interesting. That it's funny that you bring up Jimmy Butler because that's certainly something I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on this show before. But it's certainly something I thought about uh, how that series would have changed. And, and I know there's a lot of personnel uh, moves that have been made here, but uh, I did specifically wonder uh, about how the Bucks would have fared if Drew Holiday was in the lineup because we know uh, Wesley Matthews found himself planted to the bench in a lot of those situations down the stretch. And Chris Middleton, uh, on a number of occasions, wasn't able to keep up with Butler. But I, I think Drew Holiday is probably the guy that you would have put on Jimmy in those situations. He certainly would have relish that challenge all we've heard from him over the last few days here as we've got a chance to speak to him a couple of times is the fact that he wants the pressure he wants the challenge he thrives on on defense and going against the best guys so it's again one of those sort of remarkable situations where you lose Bledsoe's defense which we know has been elite at the point guard position but you get someone that can bring that but also perhaps a little bit more defensive versatility and a guy that you don't feel like you're sacrificing offense to keep him in the lineup to play on those matchups. And I I do think still, to me, that was probably why Bud left Matthews on the bench because he was concerned that he needed extra offense because the Bucs were really struggling in the half court against that Miami uh, defense. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing with Wesley Matthews, right? I mean, there were some situations in that Heat series where he was driving and like trying to create offense and at times he succeeded, but that's just, it was so rare to see him drive and get to the hoop. Like so many of his shots were three pointers and that's just like all they asked of him. Right. He said, Hey, just spot up, be the guy who every team just kind of like forgets about because they're so focused on, on Giannis and Chris and Brooke and well, kick out passes. Just come your way. Just shoot. Like it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, it, it's a role that, multiple people have thrived in uh playing with the bucks and so um yeah obviously you're you're gonna have to choose offense and defense uh in that situation uh because you know yes in the past Wesley Matthews has been more than that but kind of kicking into a a higher gear and driving and and slashing and attacking the paint like that's one it's just not something that you can just kind of like turn on uh and number two I don't know if that's the best version of Wesley Matthews like at this point in his career um and so when it basically came to to that point in the playoffs, like you knew it was trouble. Like you knew the Bucks were like grasping at straws to try and find some kind of offense. Um, so you know it's just a, a tough calculus. And obviously, in a bunch of games, I think it probably would have been uh, wiser to have Wes on the court for his defense, uh, especially a lot of fourth quarters. But that's just not what happened. All right, I'm going to play some audio from Bud here uh, just in a little bit because he specifically touched on switching defenses in, in lineups. And we've seen, we know what the Bucks have done defensively. They've been uh, pretty much a plan A team, which is drop coverage and pick and roll. And it's worked very, very well, but at times has, become, has come unstuck in the postseason. Uh, before I do that, I have to mention our show sponsor today, Built Bar, uh, the best tasting protein bar ever. Have you, have you dabbled in Built Bar before, Matt? You know what? I, I haven't. I, I haven't really gotten into that. I, I dabbled in some protein bars, but I, I never found them to be exactly what I needed. Maybe this would be what I needed. Well, it's the best tasting one. I, I just said that. It's a fact. It's an absolute fact. They have 18 amazing flavors, uh, including, I, I don't know what you're into, but they have cookies and cream, uh, peanut butter, 
uh, salted caramel, mint brownie. So really, they've got everything you need. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, they're great for the health-conscious guy, which I know you are, Matt. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Uh, the deal we have, go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. And coming up this week on Locked On Bucks, the Bucks are back at it. They're practicing on Wednesday, so there will be media availability after that. So who knows? Maybe we'll hear from Giannis. I wouldn't bet on it. Maybe we'll hear from Brooke Lopez, who has been uh, missing in action to this point as well. Uh, Bud says everyone's practicing, so we haven't seen anything from Brooke, but maybe we will tomorrow. So we'll continue to wrap up uh, training camp uh, post training camp post practice at training camp media availability and also leading into the game against Dallas which is still hard to believe but it's on Saturday night so Matt I, I want to and listen these are questions that I know you've asked Bud we've all asked Bud a million times about the defense and whether they would try different things or, or what they will look to do this was Bud yesterday and this came in response to Bobby Portis earlier speaking about trying to learn drop coverage because he's been a guy that's played in switching defenses for most of his career and uh, I believe it was Eric Nain that asked the question about whether or not switching defense is something they would they are going to try a little bit more often this season. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, right now I think we're sticking to just our basics and, you know, kind of laying the foundation. Um, but, you know, as you look going down the road, um, being able to switch. And, and I think we, we've probably always maybe had talent and guys that can do it. And, you know, I think it's... it's uh, you know, incumbent on us to maybe use it more and, um, and get more confident um, and get more reps in it. And so, you know, it's certainly something that we talk about. And, uh, so this was kind of interesting to me because I always say this, you have to be careful with these media conferences and there is a lot of coach speak and you have to take some of the things you hear with a grain of salt. But given how much you've heard Bud speak over the last few seasons, it, it did stand out to me that he almost conceded the fact that, yes, they've had an ability to do that in the past. And he didn't directly say himself, but he was saying that the coaching staff probably need to take advantage of this a little bit more often and use it in different situations. Because we've seen it's been very easy for this Bucks team to win games during the regular season, but perhaps they've gone into the postseason a little underprepared and, and maybe they need to try some more things during the regular season. Wow. Let me just tell you. I, so I've been... I've been officially off the beat for a week now. I have not listened to any of the interviews <laughs> the, the whole time that I, that I have not been on the job, right? Because I don't have, I don't get invited to the Zooms anymore. I don't have access to my Journal Sentinel email. Like I, I'm not, you know, going on Twitter to, to watch the, the press conferences. I, I'm not doing any of that. I haven't heard any of that. That all being said, hearing that, I was... I was kind of blown away. That's like the strongest like positive reaction that right. Bud has had to switching defense maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> like that like that is his way of saying we're going to be switching this year. Like I I feel like that's what he's saying. Like he's saying yes, right now we need to set up our our basics. We have a short period of time, training camp's really condensed, like so we need to like set up our foundation. So that's what they're focused on right now. But he is like giving, he is conceding the, to the idea that like, yes, they have the guys who can do it. They have, have had the guys who can do it 
and they should probably do it more. And like that all screams to me like after a few games of like setting up our foundation, we're going to start doing some stuff. And maybe that's, you know, kind of wishful thinking. I think that if I were, you know, watching the Bucks and I wanted the best for them, I would want them to switch more uh, to just see what it looks like. Um, but I, I think that's Bud saying, yes, like, I'm not going to dismiss this. I'm not going to say we are who we are. I'm not going to say, like, we have a defense. And if you've looked at the last two years, it's been the best in the league by far. Like, so we're just going to trust what we do. That's, that's not, not what he's saying. He's saying that, like, they have the personnel and they have the ability to switch and maybe they should do that more, which I think is what a lot of people are saying. Yeah, I'm glad that you felt the same way because I, I haven't, and I assume that, you know, Eric, we know he, he does great stories over the athletic. He's probably writing something on those comments as we speak, but he loves uh, writing about switching defense, loves it. It's like his favorite thing. <laughs> well, I've been just kind of blown away that this didn't get more coverage. And I was sort of holding it off until today's show to discuss it a little bit more in depth because there's sometimes, you know, you jump in these press conferences and you can kind of be like, all right, all right, same question. How's training camp? How's it like fitting in with the new team? Uh, what's going on during the pandemic? You, I mean, you know, you hear the same questions. This you know, all those, all those classic questions you always get. What, what's going on during the pandemic? How do you guys handle COVID? Well, this was, it, it, that's exactly right. And, and this was an answer that made me sit up in my chair and say, wait a second, this is, this is not the bud that we're used to hearing because we know that he, he is, and whether or not, like I said, it's just coaching speak, but we know that he's a stubborn guy. He doesn't concede a lot. I, I remember still, and I don't think I've pissed off Bud too many times in, in the last couple of seasons, but during the series against Orlando when uh, Vucevic was just going off, and I remember specifically asking him about the defense and giving up mid-range jump shots and letting Vucevic do what he wants and would they switch more, uh, Bud was like genuinely pissed off. Now, this was after a playoff game that the Bucks won, but that's the type of responses we've got used to. He normally says something like, well, the defense is number one. It's working. It's what we do. It's what we know. It's our bread and butter. He doesn't concede like this. No, he usually will say like, "Well, you have to give up something. You can't, you can't exactly, take away everything. Yeah. You know, either you take away the if you take away the rim, well, you can't take away the mid range jumpers. And you know, we seem to be better at getting out to three point shooters. And, yeah, we've heard all those things before. Um, so yeah, so I think it's it's somewhat telling, at least to me, that he is entertaining the idea of switching and admitting like, yes, like we have the guys who can do it, and, and it should be something that we try more. And so I I will be interested interested to see when and how they deploy that because i mean you look at the bucks the past couple of years if nothing else we've learned or at least maybe they've learned the regular season doesn't matter at all like you you've had the best record in the league two years in a row and it didn't amount to anything in the playoffs so and you know what good is it having the best regular season defense in the league if you can't stop teams in the playoffs because you haven't practiced you know the the de- defensive uh schemes or, or for- formations or uh, strategies that are going to be able to help you at that time. Like, why why do you need to keep playing drop scheme in a random midweek game against Cleveland when you can just spend the whole game switching and just see what happens and just test it out and try it? And yes, like maybe make mistakes, maybe lose some games because of it. But if you're better, you know, come playoff time at that at that new you know kind of curveball or that strategy, then I think it it's obviously a positive in the long term. Well, I think the most interesting thing when it comes to specific lineups and 
I understand that when you have Brook Lopez out there, he is a guy that you are playing that particular coverage because this really uh, plays into his skill set, plays into his size and his capability. So I get it if you have Brook Lopez out there, but you could still switch one through four and you think about the guys they could put in those positions where, like we mentioned, Drew Holiday, Torrey Craig, Chris Middleton, Giannis. If you're switching one through four with those guys and then you have Brook Lopez at the, fi- at the five, you're going to be fine. If you swap out Brook Lopez with Bobby Portis and switch one through five, you're also going to be fine. So the, the versatility is there and the lineups to potentially do this, as you said, in the middle of January, middle of February, I know it's a, a bit of a different season this year, but in those games where you can probably do that and still get away with it and still win, then that's going to benefit you and you're not going to look like uh, deer in the headlights in the postseason when you have to try it when the season is on the line. Yeah, heck, let's get nuts. Switch one through five with Brooke Lopez. Yeah, right. right. Like, 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 you know, we saw it two years ago in Bud's first year. They, they did some switching in, in certain games. They ran into situations where they, maybe they needed to switch or they got kind of caught in switches. And Brooke Lopez was de- defending guys on the perimeter. And I think he did a pretty good job. Like, he's not the, the fastest guy. You know, he's not uh, necessarily going to be able to keep up with guys in the same way. He's not perfect as a, a center defending smalls. Uh, but you know, you can do that and you can kind of take those risks when one of the other guys on the floor is Giannis. Right. <laughs> like if someone gets by Brooke and is driving to the rim, Giannis could be literally anywhere and he has a chance to get there to, to you know, to contest that shot, if not block it. Um, you know, there, there's always the opportunity. And so like, you know, Brooke would need to be okay with switching because if, if a an opposing team sees the Bucks are switching one through four. What are they going to do? They're going to throw Brooke Lopez into a bunch of pick and rolls and see if they can get him to switch there, there too. Uh, so you need him to be ready for it too. Um, you know, cause there might be some situations, some matchups uh, come the postseason where, you know, you might need to keep him out there. I mean, if they're playing a team with a big, you know, physical center uh, like a Philadelphia or, you know, maybe even, you know, like a Brooklyn, for example, with, with Jared Allen, like, are you really going to want to have, you know, somebody else playing against, you know, that guy for, you know, extended periods? Like maybe Jared Allen, but definitely not Embiid. You're going to want Brook Lopez out there to, to, you know, use his physicality against him. Um, and in that situation, you may need to do some switching. You may need to kind of like try some different things. Um, I, I just think that it, I don't think it hurts at all for the Bucks to to try some things and, and to mix things up and to you know hone their craft uh, during the regular season, even if it means getting like a you know two, three, four seed, like whatever. It, it, like you just need to be able to be your best at playoff time because if you are the best team, like you know we saw it this year, the, the Heat, you know were the best team come playoff time in the Eastern Conference, and they were able to make their way to the finals you know, on the back of that. It didn't matter what happened all the months before. It's just that they were ready at the time they needed to be ready. Whereas other teams, you know, they just weren't including the bucks. Well, the modern game really is all about versatility and being able to diversify offense and defense. And it's no surprise to me with that in mind that the Raptors and the Heat have been the two teams the last two years that have been able to get to the postseason. And perhaps it's not a coincidence that those are the two teams that have brought the Bucks unstuck as well. So we'll wait and see uh, what Milwaukee try to do. But that's that's just an interesting comment. It was an interesting comment from Bud, and I thought it was worth discussing here. But the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning on December 14th. 
Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us here at Locked On Bucks, plus waiver wire editions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Show, rookies to watch with Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. What, and I say this from afar, because like you said, I mean, you and I apologize, first of all, that I had to play some audio from the press conferences. You might have been trying to get through without listening to one second of those Zoom calls. And I can assure you that not much has changed. We still uh, have been having some lengthy waits on those calls. The only downside is that we don't get to hang out in the practice facility and, and talk rubbish with each other for the hour or so that we're waiting. What have you made of the Giannis situation? Because I, as I said, uh, you are only a week uh, out here of, of the job. So you've been all over this for the last few months. And one of the things that has been noteworthy today, I guess I think Zach Lowe said the Bucks have gone pretty quiet on this. And this has been interesting to me because I've said all along that it, it felt like no one really knew what was actually happening but what you were getting and what we were all getting and the sense you know, I was getting, you were probably getting, Eric was getting, everyone was getting, was that there was positivity coming from the Milwaukee camp. Now it has gone dead quiet. Now I don't necessarily read anything into that. This is the way Giannis does things. But how have you seen this from afar as we are still, you know, we've still got two weeks here until the deadline. Yeah, I don't know necessarily what to make of it at all. I mean, Giannis is, is doing this his own way. Um, which, you know, I guess what else could we have expected, right? right yeah. um, you know, I, I don't think it's surprising that the Bucks would be confident. Uh, I think they've been confident the past few years and, and have believed in their, um, their, their moves, their transactions, their relationship with him, um, just everything they've put into this. I, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't. I mean, they've had the best t- regular season team two years in a row, um, you know, they, they've won awards. They, they've done all, all the right things or not, maybe not all the right things, but a lot of the right things, right? You wouldn't say, oh, the Bucks did so many wrong things. Like Giannis has got to go. Like they've done a lot of right things. They put a lot of pieces in place. And, you know, if anyone has um, a reason to be confident I, you know, of all the teams, I think, you know, they would. Um, but also like, I don't know, just it, it's hard to get inside Giannis's mind. Even as someone who's been around him for a long time, um, it's hard to know exactly what, what his plans are or what he's thinking or, or why. I mean, obviously, you know that his family comes over every, everything. Like, you know that winning is a close second um, to his family. That, that he, all he cares about, you know, is, is winning. And that competitive desire inside of him, you know, is, you know, why he is so great. He pushes himself so hard and he expects so much out of his teammates, coaches, team, like everything. Um, and so we know all those things, but when it comes to this decision, like I, I don't know necessarily what the, the holdup is. Like maybe he just thinks like, Oh, like I can just wait. If I don't decide, I can just tell them like, I don't want to talk to the media for a long time. And I can just like get out of that. That'd be kind of nice. Nice. <laughs> like, you know, like Giannis, as everyone sees, like when he talks to the media, he is generally very good. Like he, he is char- charismatic and, and friendly and, you know, um, he's a joy to talk to, like when he wants to talk. But I think what people don't often see is that he doesn't always want to talk. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes it can be uh, maybe not pulling teeth, but close uh, to, to get him uh, to talk. And, you know, that, that is something that happens with uh, superstars, whether they're in sports or TV, movies, music. Like, you know, when you are at a certain like height in your profession, like, Sometimes you don't want to always talk and like, that's fair. 
Uh, I'm not saying any of this to like, you know, belittle him or anything like that, but like, I'm just letting people know that it, it could be a motivating factor if he didn't have to talk to the media <laughs> for a week. Um, so I, I don't know like what, what the rationale is. If he, if he does sign at some point, it's like, well, why did you wait the week? Like, what were you trying to figure out during that time? Or like, if he, if he doesn't sign, well then we understand, right? Like there are still things that he wants to see that he wants to understand. Um, and that was something that like before I, I was done at the journal Sentinel, uh, the, the morning after the Drew Holiday trade and the uh, announcement that the Bucks were also going to get Bogdanovich, the trade that obviously didn't happen, like everybody was all really excited. And, and like one of the first things I wrote was like, yeah, but Giannis still doesn't have to sign. Like he doesn't owe anyone anything. He doesn't have to, um, you know, reward the Bucks for making good, good decisions. Um, he doesn't have to do anything. He can wait all the way up until December 21st, or he could just wait till next summer and he could, he could still stay in Milwaukee. The, the Supermax will still be there after the season. The Bucks aren't going to pull that, pull that offer. Um, you know, but he might want to see, Hey, you know what? How does this team actually look? So we've had teams that have been really good and I thought they were like championship teams, but they didn't work out. So like, let's see like if what happens now, like maybe that's on his mind. Maybe he wants to see how it actually works. You know, maybe he, just wants to go through the season. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what the plan is or what the, the, the thought process is. Um, but no matter what, like, I mean, let, let the man think, let him have his reasons. And I'm sure, I mean, at some point soon, he's going to have to talk to the media and I'm, I'm sure he'll be asked and I'm interested to hear what he says. Someone was texting me about this yesterday and, you know, they were like, well, wouldn't he be feeling the pressure of this or wouldn't he be? And I said, listen, the guy follows six people on Twitter and it's only his family. He, he, I don't think that he's sitting at home watching the jump or listening to NBA podcasts. He just goes to the practice facility. His teammates have a bit of a joke about it with him. I don't think that he's necessarily being consumed with content about his own contract uh, possible extension. Put it this way, I don't think he's listening to this podcast. So uh, I, I don't think that, as you said, I mean, I, I just definitely cannot rule out the fact that he might just be chilling and saying, eh, I'll get to it whenever I get to it. I've got two weeks. This isn't a big deal. One thing that's fascinating to me when I consider the possibility of him not signing this extension before the 21st and moving on to this season is that I do hear a lot of people say, well, what happens if he wants to just see what this team is like? And maybe he wants to weigh up his options and see how the Bucks go with Drew Holiday and Chris Milton. And the only thing that's interesting about that to me is that this season is going to be horrific to draw any conclusions from. Now, we all cross our fingers and say, hopefully everything pans out well, but the schedule is completely different. The virus is still running rampant in the US and one way or the other, it's going to affect some teams. We don't know whether fans are going to be allowed into the arena. So how is that going to impact playoffs? Now, I know that's a long way away, but just if you are drawing that conclusion, this season doesn't seem like the best one to draw the conclusions that you would usually be able to under normal circumstances. Yeah, and maybe that's part of I mean that could still be the part of the reason to wait is like you know yeah. what like let's just like see what the season ends up being. Let's see what the numbers end up being in the future for, you know, what yeah. the Supermax is going to be. You know, do I want to take a a 3-year contract to then or a 2-year contract whatever it is to get to like 10 years of service and then, you know, see if the landscape is better I can make more money that way. I mean, I know Giannis, you know, has said and um, you know, I don't think he is ever super motivated by money, but you know, that's, that's worth considering, right? Like if, if there's going to be a significant 
change in the salary cap. Like you might want to know when to make the decision um, to set yourself up for the best situation. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just so it's just so hard to kind of get into his head, like I was saying before, um, because there there are so many variables now. But you know, you were talking about him feeling pressure. You know, like how is he? Feeling? Everybody's talking about it. It's the biggest question. You know, in the NBA right now, um, he might already know what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. he he might know one way or the other exactly what he's going to do. So like, if you know and you're fully like convicted with with a decision. Like I don't think there's that you can feel any pressure. Like yeah. if 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 you're already there and you're already done, and people are just speculating. You're kind of sitting in the catbird seat, like, huh? Like look at all these people getting all excited <laughs> about this. I, I know exactly what's gonna happen. Um, you know, maybe he's just trying to figure out the best like bad joke to open up his like first media session of the season that he can tie into a supermax conversation. Like we we know he's famous for his like first day of media day bad jokes. So you know, it's, it's he he might be cultivating some type of um you know, reveal um, that will, will probably be ridiculous. I mean, the, thing, the things I'm imagining in my head, I don't even know exactly what they are, but they're all just generally ridiculous and, <laughs> and silly and, and very honest. Um, you know, who knows if that's what he's doing? I mean, I don't, um, but I, I hope to, I hope to find out soon because, you know, if, if he and his agent are the only people who know uh, what he's going to do, which is, you know, probably the case, um, I, I would like to be clued in as I'm sure everyone else would like to be well the one thing i'll say is one way or the other i have no no doubt at all that we'll be talking about Giannis again tomorrow on this show but as far as you go i said as you know it's a very sad moment when i saw former was on your twitter bio you're not gonna be around this year i mean neither am i at this point let's uh, let's be clear about that maybe i won't be either in milwaukee at games but how are you how are you finding the first week of not having to cover the Milwaukee Bucks. What's what's going on? What are you up to? Well, you know, it's uh, it's been nice. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm on uh, fun employment, as they call it. You know, we took a buyout, and now I'm just kind of like, you know, hanging out. Um, nothing in my life has really changed. I haven't really felt uh, the difference yet, other than uh, I know I've been talking to to you and to my colleagues at the Journal Sentinel. Uh, and obviously Eric and, you know, people who I used to see all the time and hearing about, you know, what you guys are, are going through covering the bucks, having to wait 60, 90, 120 minutes uh, <laughs> for, for the zoom availabilities. And um, just thinking like, you know what, like, I don't have to do that right now. Like I'm not, I'm not getting in on the transcriptions um, or anything like that. So like, I, I feel like right now I'm not missing any of the good parts yeah uh, i'm just i'm just missing the things that um well while the job is very fun and um you know is is enviable it's a good job and i'm sure people you know want to have that job and would, would enjoy having that job these parts are the grind parts um and, and so I, i'm not missing those yet um once the games start happening and um you know, you're kind of missing those moments of being in the arena. I'm hoping media will be allowed to be in the arena this year. Um, you know, missing the the travel whenever that starts again and missing getting to hang out with people in person, um, you know, and the actual fun parts of the job, you know, the, the talking to players and getting to the bottom of things and getting to know them, um, you know, all that stuff. Like, I think it'll hit at some point. Um, but right now I, I just kind of feel like it's, it's almost like uh like a regular off season still 
where because you know, I did all the draft and free agency stuff, like I handled all that. That was that was a gauntlet for like two weeks right before I I ended my tenure. Um, so I feel like this is like in a normal post a normal off season, you would have the draft and you have free agency, and then like a month or a month and a half long lull before media day. And I feel like like I'm still in that mode and it hasn't hit me yet that I'm actually like done. Well, it'll be good to see you when you're on the Pacers beats there in Indiana following Malcolm Brogdon around. Uh, we're all going to look forward to, <laughs> we're all going to look forward to seeing that. I, I do want to know what happens the first time you, uh, you bump into him on the street. So I want to know if he's happy to see you or he's thinking, what the hell is going on? This guy's followed me to the Pacers. Well, I mean, if I, if I run into Malcolm Brogdon on the streets of Indianapolis, I, I wonder if he would recognize me like wearing a mask and everything. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't even know, like, you know, just being in Indianapolis for the, the short amount of time I, I have, like, I'm like barely like downtown. Like I live in Indianapolis, but yeah. Indianapolis is just so sprawling um, that like the number of times I've gone downtown and like near that area, is just so low because it takes like 15 or 20 minutes. And I live in Indianapolis. <laughs> like that's that that's just wild. But if if he and I run into each other, you know, I I, th- I think it would be um, positive. I, I don't think I had any, I had any bad interactions with Malcolm uh, during the time that I was uh, that that he was on the team that I was covering him and, and covering the Bucks. Um, I, I think he'd he'd be okay with that. Um, hopefully, he has some kind of like fun facial hair because i think the last time we saw him he had that that mustache going on it was a point of conversation i think um at at some point i I think and it's been so long like like last season feels like five years ago um but but i think it would be okay yeah he'll see you and he'll be like oh man well done you got out of milwaukee as well this is incredible and then you'll get the scoop he actually hated milwaukee wanted to leave uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I maybe, maybe he'll, he'll be like, Oh, you know, you're not in, in media anymore. <laughs> like you're all right, great. Let me tell you all the secrets. And, and I would love that. Well, little does he know, uh, you're still going to have me bothering you to come on this podcast from time to time. So that's going to be fantastic. Locked on bucks inside. I'm Matt Velasquez. I, I, I was going to get to some of your time covering the bucks, but we've been here for long enough today. We, we can get to that another time. And I, I said this, on the show the, the day that you uh, announced that you, you were finishing up, but um, not only from a work perspective, which by the way, uh, before I moved to Milwaukee, I was still following you and, and reading your stuff from over here in Australia and keeping up to date with everything from the Bucks. And then after that, we obviously became great friends and um, you were very, very helpful to me over the last couple of years as well. So I really appreciate it. Um, you did great stuff and, and I, you know, I can't wait to see you back uh, whether it's in sports or, or whatever you're doing, uh, I can't wait to catch up with you sometime down the road. Oh, I I am flattered. Uh, it was great to, you know, run run across you at summer league and in Milwaukee and all the different <laughs> places we we hung out and got to know each other. And you know, I'm happy to be part of part of your journey and your story. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I was looking at the schedule, like the one Bucks related thing that I did. And obviously, I know that you're still in Australia. Maybe I should go there. COVID's That's the like plan. <laughs> pretty, pretty much handled right now, like over in Australia, from what I can see. Yeah. Or at least it's better than here. Maybe I should, we should just take the family. We're all basically remote now. Just go, go hang out in Australia for a little while um, and, and, and ride this thing out. Uh, but one of the things I did look at was like, oh, the Bucks schedule is out. And I was like scanning it, looking for like Bucks Pacers games, like in Indianapolis, because you know, Indiana has 
it, its own situation with with COVID and public health and all that. Like they they had like thirteen thousand people at Lucas Oil Stadium for like the the Colts Packers game. Yeah. Like they they still have people like at Lucas Oil for football games. And I was like, well, maybe if there's a Bucks Pacers game, I can go. Like there <laughs> might actually be tickets or you know some some fans there because the nba has left it up to every team to decide how they want to handle it i'm like oh man wouldn't that be cool like to get to see some people maybe they would drive down uh to you know because usually that's a driving trip when when you're covering the bucks pacers i'm like oh man that might be a chance but there's no bucks pacers games in indianapolis in the first half of the season like it won't be till after march so maybe maybe that'll be better maybe after march like maybe things will start being better maybe we'll have a vaccine maybe you know it'll be on the upswing and like people will actually travel and like we can hang out um that'd be cool but like rest assured like that i am keeping track of of when the bucks are coming because i want to keep an eye out for for opportunities to hang out with people and hopefully you know if not this season the next season you'll be able to make it back stateside whether it's uh for work purposes or otherwise and uh I, i definitely will be upset if you don't tell me when you're in the states uh, I've got my fingers crossed, and uh, if there's one thing I love doing, it's driving from Milwaukee to Indiana <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and, and just fighting for absolute survival. So I, I guarantee you, as soon as I'm back over there, I'll be doing the same thing, circling the Pacers and Bucks games. But uh, that is Matt Velasquez. That's basketball fan Matt Velasquez for now. Uh, like I said, by popular demand on the show, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's, uh, super glad to come on. I, I do have some more free time now, so I should be around to uh, to make a few more guest spots. Like I said, he'll have all the hot takes through the season. Uh, now that uh, you know, he, he can he can just talk about basketball from a, a fan's perspective. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Like I said, the Bucks are practicing. Uh, listen, this is always up in the air, but from what we understand, at around two p.m. Central. On Wednesday, we're going to start hearing from the players again. So we'll wait and see. Maybe Giannis, maybe Brooke Lopez. I wouldn't hold my breath, but who knows? We'll be back uh, after that to wrap it all up either way. So for Matt Velasquez and myself, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.